When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate. Demons, listen out. Come on! There is rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur blossoms? I'll have to put those here to test our faith. A damn lie, I, I saw them with my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did illusions, man. None of it is true. I know insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion! Welcome back to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse. And tonight I am here with the host of Boundless Authenticity Podcast, Jahan Sator. Did I say that right? Hey, it's perfect for me, brother. <laughs> Sweet. <It's> perfect for me. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I'm glad to have you here, man. I'm glad we got connected and uh, I looked into what you've been what you've been saying and doing. And I love the the words that are that I'm seeing on your Instagram page over and over all the uh, information you're putting out. I think it's a really good baseline to have out there. And I appreciate your work, man. Awesome. Thank you. I'm trying my best to uh, not really so much do the inspiration stuff, but educate people so that uh, we can actually use our power of choice. Yeah, man. I feel like your uh, a lot of your Instagram posts, you could literally print those on like a series of stickers and like leave them places strategically. And they'd be like a set of uh, of like pieces of information. You you uh, you do it well. It would make people at the gas pump be like, oh, shit, I got to think about my life. <laughs> yeah, you caught me, man. That's my intention. <laughs> yeah. So um, for uh, for my audience who's not familiar, let's uh, let's get into how, you know, what you do and, and how you got into it. Well, you know, I'm just a regular guy like everybody else. I'm a rock and metal musician. I am a self- subconscious self-sabotage coach, mindfulness instructor, and some people consider me a healer. And that's debatable on my end. So. <laughs> The majority of my work focuses on removing the disempowering thoughts and beliefs from the subconscious mind, which cause us to create less than favorable emotional consequences and chaotic circumstances. Mm. I teach people various ways to change internal dialogue. I teach them how to clear harsh memories and emotions. I also show people how to delete useless information from the subconscious mind so that you can reclaim your sovereignty and as a meditation and mindfulness instructor 
I just teach you when to meditate, how to meditate, why you have certain thoughts and feelings during meditation, and how to handle them effectively. And if I had one gift to give every individual, it would be their freedom. Hell yeah, man. Well said. Well said. Um, so how, and you said you've been doing this for, for like nine years now. Yeah. It'll be nine years in July, man. Wow. That's awesome. So what first, uh, sparked this path for you? Well, you know what, man, waking up to the reality of how things are set up in this world was a difficult experience for me. Mm. I was just like everybody else, just, you know, going about every day, wondering, you know, why doesn't something feel right? why do I seem to be creating so much chaos everywhere I go? And, (laughs) you know, I wanted to be a rock star. I felt like I was somehow making progress by becoming a part of the sex, drugs and rock and roll club. And it uh, it got to a point where everybody was after me for my musical ability and every project that I was in was finding its way to some success. But I was in such a dark state of mind that I didn't even realize that any of that was going on. I couldn't objectively look at it and appreciate the journey or appreciate the results and I was completely blind to my worth and you know every time I would get money or attention or success or get into a new relationship I would go and do something stupid and completely screw it up and so eventually after trying to off myself about three times using the maximum amount of drugs and alcohol that I could find I eventually had a profound experience. And so that experience is what people now call NDE, a near-death experience. Mm. And I went into this dark, murky place and my consciousness interfaced with something I'd never seen before. And when I came back, I felt like something had shifted. And shortly after that, I went to the United States to study the music industry. And, you know, I, that just set me on a a path and put me in the mindset where I wanted a bit more for myself than what I had and what I could achieve here. And I really believe that if I just followed that inkling that it would eventually lead me somewhere. And so, you know, I struggled for a long time and trying to learn all of this stuff and apply it. And I met tons of people that I really looked up to. And um, one night I was at a show and I had what I call my angel moment. And I was talking to the sound engineer about how things should be set up. And this guy taps me on the shoulder and he's like, Hey man, I noticed you have an affinity for leadership. Have you ever heard of coaching? And I was like, nah, I haven't. And I gestured to him one second or something like that. And then I turned back to the sound engineer to tell him what I needed to tell him so I could move on. And when I turned around to tell the guy, Hey, listen, do you want to go get a drink and you can tell me more about what coaching is? I, I couldn't find him. And I searched the entire bar for this guy. And it seems so bizarre to me that he just tapped me on the shoulder to tell me about that and then disappeared that wow. I immediately went home and searched what is coaching. And of course I came up uh, on personal trainers and stuff like that. And I had to look a bit more and I saw Anthony Robbins and I was kind of like, Oh yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, cause I, I would have seen him at least in, in the movie shallow hell. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Those teeth, so, you can't miss them. <laughs> yeah, oh, geez. Yeah. So, you know, eventually my housemate let me know that he had a bunch of stuff on that and he had his own interest in doing something like that. And so that's how I got started learning about the personal development industry 
and things like that. And I'd already been reading a lot of books. And during mm -hmm. that phase, all I was doing was reading books by M. Scott Peck, uh, Robert Greene, uh, the psychic Sylvia Brown, Wayne Dyer, and other self-help titles. Mm. And I was, I was also, you know, trying to overcome the alcohol and, and the, well, not so much the drug thing, because that kind of went away on its own, which is lucky. Mm -hmm. But I still had like feelings of depression and feelings of anxiety and stuff like that. So I was naturally looking into books on cognitive behavioral therapy and anxiety, books on psychology. And it was sucking me into this world because at that point, I really, really, really wanted to solve my problems. Mm. And my desire to change was overpowering my desire to stay the same. So I just kept at it and I followed that path. And I realized after about three months or so that nothing in that traditional life coach world was really designed to do anything except extract more money from unsuspecting victims under two conditions. Mm. One, you need to be a few steps ahead of someone to be a coach, and that's how they get you to enroll for certification. And two, you have to invest thousands of dollars at once into coaching for yourself, or you had to charge that amount to help people. And I figured that that's probably because uh, giving feels better and it'll yield more of a return than just trying to get yourself sorted out. Mm -hmm. So these people that want you to become a coach are programming you with the idea that you can be a leader and you can gain lots of money by helping people to overcome their perceived limitations. Right. And it hit me that you can take all the certifications in the world. And the only thing that qualifies you to be of any use to anybody else is your ability to use that acquired knowledge for solving a problem and knowing all of the different solutions because you've actually lived through the ups and downs associated with this particular person's pain points. And so once that red flag went off for me, I, uh, I started looking into it a lot more and I realized that I it, it, the same thing I was finding was repeating over and over and it was the realization that I could only help people with the wisdom that I had acquired in an honest effective and competent way hell yeah and I had to do the work you know it's always the work right yeah and so the last part of that story is that in learning what it is I had to do I, I started to implement everything and I realized what worked and what didn't work. I figured out what helps and what actually hinders people. And I started to, to kind of pull back the curtains behind the NLP and the psychology industry. Mm. And I found out that a lot of that stuff is just engineered to continue a cycle of disempowerment. And, yeah. you know, for years before that, I knew there were people hiding behind the scenes engineering humanity doing the wizard of oz thing and just kind of dictating the direction we were all going and i already had a a, a curiosity for that kind of thing mm -hmm. so i'd never i'd never even given any thought to the fact that maybe all of this stuff was connected mm. and so i've just spent all of my time studying and and coaching and you know investigating what's going on and you know, taking the results of those things, putting, putting them into practice in my own life, and then using that to help myself uh, find the right people who are actually open, receptive, willing to do the work in this kind of thing, because it's tough. It's tough stuff. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to make 
everything that I'd ever been through count for something rather than weaponize people's stuckness, which is what you see in. That's a great way to put it, man. Yeah. I like the way you put that for sure. Yeah. I always say it like, it's just no matter who you're, who, you know, the practitioner, it's all about putting people into boxes and that's all it's really been for most of modern psychology. It's just, it's backwards for the most part. And I, I used to say, you know, because my, ecstatic uh experiences uh stem from psychedelics and uh what i learned in those experiences and i too would can you know now consider some of that experience to be like very similar to near-death experiences that i've heard about and this and that and i used to think to myself the only kind of psychologist that would be qualified as someone that has touched this ecstatic state of mind this humbling understanding um but not everyone that has had those experiences is qualified you know it's but at the same time yeah i really feel like it's a level of understanding of yourself and your relationship to everything external that is uh it's just like the utmost important part of trying to help others. Am I wrong there? Am I right? Am I on to something? You're there? right, man. You're right. Like you literally cannot, you literally cannot lead someone to a place that you haven't been. Right. And if somebody comes to you and they're in a mindset, well, the number one rule is when somebody tells you they have a problem, it's because they have a problem. It's not <laughs> because they want to be medicated. Right. Right. And um, you know, there are those people who just want to be medicated and, you know, they can have their thing if that's their thing too. Mm. And what I realized though is from my own experience is that the problems that I had, especially with facing what I thought was depression and what I thought was anxiety and a lot of anger, um, the people around me were so unaware that when I asked for help, they would just kind of slap my hand away and be like, you've got problems, right? And mm. I decided that I'm going to figure out why this is. I'm going to figure out why these people are so screwed up. And I already figured out that it, it couldn't have been me. After the third time I, I tried to kill myself and I kept coming back, I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't even kill myself right. There's <laughs> something I'm missing. And that was a huge epiphany for me. So I just committed that I was going to search and search until I found it. So, you know, that sent me through that process. And, and I, I, I got certified in pretty much everything I could find cognitive behavioral therapy, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, mm. applied psychology. I did a mental health practitioner course. I became a mindfulness instructor. I even did the 300 hours of yoga and like, <laughs> you know, I Good. found all this information and I found what worked and what didn't because mm. I was willing to test it. And you know, that, all of that stuff caused me to investigate what is the occult. Yeah. It caused me to dig into the esoteric. It caused me to dig into conspiracy, religious ideologies, philosophy, and finally, what is consciousness? And, and all of those things seemed to be missing the element of what is consciousness. Mm-hmm. Maybe they mentioned it, but they were talking around the issue. And I kind of went, hmm, stroked my long Dumbledore beard. I was like, something's not right here. Why are they avoiding what is consciousness? Mm. Why are they avoiding telling us about who we are at the core? So 
I had some, I've had some profound realizations in meditation alone that kind of supplemented all of that study. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for the pain that, I, that I've experienced and realizing that it's just a gateway to higher self-knowledge, I don't think I would be in a position to help anybody do anything. And I don't see that represented in anybody that I actually personally know who is a psychiatrist or a psychologist. They just seem empty and vacant. And I don't really talk to them about this kind of stuff because I find when I try to mention anything to them, they get very defensive and they don't want to hear it. Right. And then I also get people who come to me with serious issues who feel like they've been betrayed by the system that's supposed to be helping them. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I can, I can uh, say on a personal level, like in my own household, we've experienced that for sure. The, the leaps and bounds it takes to, to even really deal with, with human beings in, uh, in the psychology, psychiatry, psychiatric realms, uh, going through the the proper channels and all that. It's, uh, it's just all business, but that's the thing, right? I mean, you can have even the most mindful practices, uh, personally and try to take them into this machine of a world that we live in. And it's always going to be incongruent. Uh, you know, I see that a lot, uh, where it's, you know, new ideas or <laughs> really old ideas that we're bringing back because we've, we see their value and we say, okay, let's try to fit this into this current shitty worldview and world system that we have going right now. And then that old shitty system gets to go, see, it doesn't fit. It, it's just, it's broken in that way. And I think, you know, it's, it's good to see these things on the micro and the macro, because on a personal level, when you try to incorporate some new good behavior, but try to fit it in with maybe a lot of other shitty behaviors that you want to hold on to. I'm speaking personally there. Like I'll try to cut out bad food, but still be lazy as shit and not get out and like hike or, or run or whatever, you know, it's, you got to kind of do a lot of it together, right? It's kind of like a, it becomes the motion that you're, you're headed. It's like, uh, it echoes out that, uh, reverberation of, uh, just repetition. Right. And we're going to get into like mind control and how that all works anyway. And that's, that's kind of where I was going with that, I guess in a roundabout way anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. The reason why you don't want to do anything is usually some subconscious program and, Mm-hmm. you know the system as it is it, it, now the new the new trend in the past couple of years is to convince everybody on the planet that they've got trauma somehow but trauma in the allopathic definition really means something that's happened to the body that's impacted the body in a, a extreme way and now uh it's making it very difficult to bounce back and so when it comes to the mind you know there's no such thing there's only things that have happened, events, and there's only a poor relationship to the past or the present or the future. Mm. And um, if you've got some self-destructive program, it's going to continue to loop over in a sequence and it could potentially carry on for your entire life until the day you die and you will never truly find out. And psychologists and psychiatrists aren't interested in finding out about that. They're right. just, they just want to know how you feel. 
and they just want to know how they can keep you talking essentially right are, they, are you going to kill yourself are you not going to kill yourself uh are you harming anyone oh that's about it okay you know here's this pill come back in six weeks right and that's uh again it's just that old machine and uh i know that um a part of that old machine that's still operating today that you have uh focused on quite a bit at some points is the music industry and the uh the very interesting ways that programming is in all of the music we hear and everything. And, and, you know, a, a lot of this maybe uh, could be common knowledge to some people listening. It, it could be brand new to others. And I think the way that you go about it, describing it and talking about it is important on many levels because it's uh, we're talking about the science of the brain. You know, this is the science we can trust. It's not the scientism that's been programmed into people. So uh, this is an important level of understanding when it comes to the uh, application of mind control in our world. So let's, let's dive in. What, what is your take on, uh, on like mind control, the music industry in particular? Cause I know you, uh, you've recently posted about that and it caught my eye. Yeah, man. So <laughs> this is where I would have to say that um, in terms of in terms of mind control and the music industry, it's always been in place to do exactly that. It's never been about entertainment and it's always been about entrainment. Right. Mm. So entrainment is the process of inducing a particular brainwave state via light sound or electromagnetic fields mm -hmm. so the brain will have an electrical response to the rhythmic information and a change in state will occur so you will transition from beta which is logical and analytical into alpha wave which is hypnosis and relaxation and your brain waves will literally sync to the frequencies coming from the television or from the music you're listening to. Hmm. And let me address a couple of things. So when you think of somebody who's playing a song in 432 hertz, because this is a common regurgitation of the narrative that I get from people, they're regurgitating a new age narrative about how 432 hertz is better for you. And right. it, was, it was changed to 440. Yes, that's true. However, we still have people like the Steve Miller band who tune to 432 and 444 hertz, and then they sing Masonic lyrics. So it's the same effect. Regardless, mm. it relaxes you and it puts you into alpha. The 440 right. is a bit aggressive on the brainwave. And it, it's actually safe to say that nobody's actually died from that yet. <laughs> It would does it possibly your mind. Yeah, maybe the 440 leg is a, a subtle, slow drip of trauma, perhaps, you know, just to leak it to us. If it's a little aggressive on the brain, that's kind of like fluoride, right? It's just just a little bit. It's OK, you know, for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah, it's just it's just enough to harm you, but not enough to kill you. Right, right. OK. <laughs> and, you know, I got to say. I got to say a lot of stuff about this because sure it, it's the subconscious. That's the target of the mind control agenda. 
And I ask this question everywhere I go. It's have you wondered how much of your behavior is automatically carried out as a result of the music you listen to or the books or the television or the movies that you watch? Mm -hmm. Because self-destructive programming is directly installed in us by the media we consume. And there are people who will argue with me and fight tooth and nail that it doesn't hurt to watch a movie or they need to listen to this song because it makes them feel happy. And, you know, I just I just let them talk and they say, okay, well, that's great. But when are you going to let that go? Because all you're doing is hardwiring the emotions and patterns of behavior that are creating garbage experiences in your life right back into you. Mm. So if you want better, then it makes sense to not program yourself with the opposite of what you want. Mm-hmm. It's and, interesting. You know, yeah, that's uh, it's, I have a I have a tough time with that, too, but not because I doubt what you're saying. It's just that I. It sucks because I love horror movies and sci-fi action movies. And that's kind of always how it's been, even though I've been aware of the programming and of like what's being shown to me for so long now that, uh, you know, you get this uh, sense about it that like, oh, well, it's not touching me because I get what they're trying to do. But what you're talking about is kind of like inescapable. It's really not, it's not verbal. It's not necessarily, it's not really even the specific images we're watching. It's literally when you strip all that away, that's perception. We're just talking about frequency. We could be talking about strictly color because color affects us so intensely on a subconscious level, right? Well, it goes a bit deeper than just that. Mm -hmm. And the subconscious mind, it loves repetition. Right. And it's always going to be shaped by whatever you expose yourself to constantly. Right. And that's also, in a way, that's also taking it very lightly because we, we aren't given any real information about it. And so it's easy for people to self-justify and say, well, I haven't committed a murder yet. It can't be that bad. Right. And then we have (laughs) things like the pandemic where through movies and television, we've been primed to expect this beforehand. And the way that mind control works is that you never know that you are mind controlled. If you're brainwashed and you know that you're brainwashed and you're walking around telling everybody, Hey, John, how are you doing? Hey, did you know I'm brainwashed? Then you're not brainwashed. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, just to one degree. Yes. But, uh, you know, there's there's that whole thing. I've been like on this tirade about controlled opposition for months now. And I, I think it's a very complex issue where I think most of the time we just consider it some political action. But uh, controlled opposition, I've been going down this path where it's like, how much of it is actually the self behind it all? You know, it's, it's again, that self-sabotage on that micro macro level. You know what I mean? So it's, it's interesting. I don't know. (laughs) You know, when it comes to controlled opposition, it's very simple. Don't trust anyone who has a certain amount of followers and who has a certain rapport with people who seem to be shady. And Joe Rogan is not one of the number one controlled opposition voices (laughs) 
that people don't want to admit, but there's videos of Joe Rogan saying 10 years ago, you know, if the CIA and the, and the FBI want to come get him, I'm right here and you can pay me to do your, your job. And then right. there's pictures of him all over the place that are not hidden that show him doing all of the Freemasonry hand signals. Really? I never knew that about Joe. Pictures Interesting. Of, pictures of him flashing his black eye that wasn't from a fight. It was from, <laughs> from their weird ritual thing. And Oh, know, interesting. That's weird. It you just it doesn't make sense to take anything, including myself, and take anything that's said by anybody that claims to know anything and just completely run with it investigate further well see that's what i was getting at too because you know you and i and many others that are loving caring good people it seems that uh and are um we're a part of this big kind of movement to you know spread these kind of messages rather than you know the the programming we've received but it's interesting how we are kind of feeding each other and ourselves this gigantic scary one world government mostly based on a lot of symbolism that we don't completely understand that a lot of different groups think they do understand we've built so many different gigantic one-eyed pyramids that come from so many different ideas from 13 families over here to reptilians and there's so many amazing ideas Good theories, good hypothesis, bad, but we're all coming at it and exposing each other to this horrible negative force and giving it so much power. And it's interesting when you when you start to see controlled opposition is less of some human to human thing that's going on on like a military action political level and more of a you know i mean think about it i i would assume that you would agree consciousness is the root of all being what is it not yeah consciousness is the name of the game and the people who herd us like sheep on a human farm they know that and so everything is an attempt to suppress consciousness because mm -hmm. the people started to live like it didn't matter whether they died or not because they knew consciousness was infinite and they were able to tap into this realm mm. then they would have zero interest whatsoever in poisoning themselves or you know destroying their brain and so to continue on answering one of your questions from earlier about the mind control I have to give everyone that's listening the facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the recent research, it still says that 10 trillion tasks per second are being performed by your mind without you being aware of it. So that's not what the conscious mind's doing. That's the sum of everything that's happening you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And the subconscious is responsible for vital functions processing the air you breathe your heart beating well you know you don't have to tell yourself to get up and walk all those things and the conscious mind really can't do anything so that's only taking in 140 bits of information in a second but the subconscious is communicating to your 60 trillion cells six trillion commands per second and it holds all the information which makes you who you are and it makes and makes you do what you do and anything can make a change to this part of your mind 
and then it can cause problems or it can create good things. Mm-hmm. And people genuinely are unaware of their subconscious programming. And subconscious programming isn't just limited to this, this invisible mental faculty called the subconscious mind, this thing that we've never actually seen. The subconscious mind also has a component in the body where it interfaces with the cells. And so people don't understand how if you're taking in poisonous food, you're drinking coffee or taking in a lot of caffeine somehow, you're poisoning yourself. You're poisoning your cells and the cells actually don't know what to do with that information. So that's why we have mental problems like depression and anxiety. And that's Mm. why people have strange sexual urges or, you know, they they want to change their, their sexual orientation 16 times a day. It's because if you're taking in glyphosate and benzene and mm. all these other things, it's confusing that cell. And I'll go more into the technicality of that in a second. Mm-hmm. But what I want to say first is about the TV in itself and what it does to the brain, because there's so many excuses about watching television. Oh, yeah. even, even right now, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, make sure that I don't stare at the screen for too long mm. because I understand fully the impact of that flicker rate on my brain. Mm. So while technology in itself isn't inherently bad, the television is a military weapon that was designed to suppress consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's one of the main weapons against consciousness that exists. So, and I know I want to tie into something you said about feeding the negative energy as well, because people often understand that from the new age concept, which is more or less solipsism and <laughs> not really the truth. I would agree with you there. Yes. So, that's, you know, that's just another. I, I would say that a lot of the new age is just another arm of the same shit that were handed down from the technocracy. Exactly. Exactly. So to, in order to understand about feeding the negativity, you have to understand what an egregore is. Hmm. An egregore is an energy structure. And you're always on one side of an egregore. You're either pushing against it or you're leaning away from it and the best thing to do is to be leaning away from it so you have to know how to recognize an egregore so rather than me get into a discussion about how to do all of that there's two books that everybody needs to read it's called egregores by mark stavish and the second book is by an author called vadim zeland reality transurfing reality transurfing that's sick cool and in egregores, Mark Stavish says something that's so profound because people hardly think of it this way. And it's that evil does not need to control everyone. It just needs to keep as many people as possible distracted from progressing on the path. Mm-hmm. And this distraction comes in various forms by way of the media, personal electronic devices, video games, movies, television, music, and sports. Mindless political memes are among the most popular manifestations at the moment. Yes. He says this also means, yep, 
He says, this also means that the creators and purveyors of these media and the products produced for them are prime candidates for demonic obsession and possession. To affect one of them is to reach millions through them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's a, you. it's so true because you could say it from the opposite perspective too. And that's why we always say to serve others, right? Because the more you do that, the more you you personify that good behavior, the more you're going to see it in the world. So, of course, they're inverting that idea. Yeah, everything is an inversion. That's one thing that David Icke says for sure is true. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, it's I think, again, I, I say that I think that's built into reality. I'm curious what your uh, what your thoughts are. regard. I know we're kind of jumping a little bit, but just to um, I wanted to know, where do you think this evil comes from? Where do I think this evil comes from? Yeah, I like think- behind the guys behind it. You know, what's what, what's the mechanism? I think that everybody, in order to understand that concept, has to turn off the television. Turn mm. off the YouTube and, and the bit shoot and all those things and distance yourself and spend a lot of time with yourself. Yeah. And once you get into that practice of spending the majority of your time with yourself and your, your family and noticing what comes up in you and processing that in a healthy way, it, it changes your thinking because you begin to see that there are more layers to the inculturation that we are all subject to. Mm-hmm. And you realize how much of the external world is designed to pull you away from your own consciousness. Hmm. And so when you begin to ponder questions like, who am I at the core? What is consciousness? Then you want to know more and and you realize that everybody's actually just fine as fucked up as they may seem. It's just (laughs) that they're all incredibly distracted from their own consciousness. And then you kind of go, Hmm, well, why is that? And then what you need to do after that is go read some books on Freemasonry <laughs> and go and read, go and read books by Manly P. Hall, Annie Besant, Helen Blavatsky and Alice Bailey and those who are actually passing off the new age information to you, but they're giving you free Masonic spirituality. They're giving you Luciferian spirituality. And then when you realize that, you'll go, oh, shit. So Lucifer really is a thing. So where do I find more of that? And then you go and you read books about uh, the order of chaos. Mm. Like Ordo Abkau is what it's called. And that's the Freemasonry stuff. When you start reading those books, then you understand that it's a very cleverly designed system that has many faces and many players And many of these players don't even know that they're a part of it because they're so ignorant that if you ever told them, they would drop the whistle. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because all these Freemason that say you're initiated, you're, you know, you're part of the cabal, you know what's going on behind the curtains. Then you're aware that you're part of this same loving being, existence, consciousness that we all are right. I mean, if that's the correct way to interpret the message that we're getting from this ecstatic experience, we all seem to have so in common with each other. Uh, the message is that, you know, we're all one. So wouldn't you say that maybe there's greater forces at work when it comes to this, 
this evil quote unquote, or this, these forces like are, are they playing? Are we play? Are, it's almost like we're in a play on some level down here. It's the human drama that we have to take seriously programming and all these different things. Yet at the same time, when we really step back and talk about consciousness, it seems like they, the quote unquote, they are all part of that same consciousness, right? Yeah, they are a part of that consciousness and they are a very diminished form of consciousness. They hmm. know that we're creative and they're not very creative at all. They are. Oh, okay. So you don't think they're huge. You think it's another kind of source other than like the human spirit driving this. And that's fair, obviously. Yeah. On the deep share. Yeah. Yeah. You have to try to understand the concept that consciousness isn't limited to one form. Consciousness okay. is everywhere. And in everything, consciousness is represented by demonic entities and other things that we typically consider to be angels and other celestial beings like that. Mm -hmm. There are millions upon billions of different types of entities which exist. So when you want to get into the paranormal realm, you will never ever really meet all of them in one lifetime. You will never have the experience of them. Like one of them could be teabagging you and me right now. We wouldn't know like, <laughs> okay, is that they kind exist, of, they exist on so many different, uh, spectrums of frequency mm, yeah are we kind of talking about this uh like oh it's almost like superposition in the quantum world right where it's like endless possibilities because consciousness is boundless absolutely and consciousness is the oldest thing in the universe the universe is pure consciousness it's like the only thing really yeah yeah <laughs> and so you know if we're gonna go this route i do want to say one thing humans sure. think that the victimization that's coming down from this cabal is unique to this planet and that's not true oh right remember i said there's millions upon billions oh okay yeah, yeah yeah different types of entities out there mm. yeah the same there system are... would would occur everywhere in my opinion right it, right it's part of nature this push right. and pull these yeah and the reason why we come to this planet is because this is arguably one of the worst planets to be on a lot of the same entities that are, <laughs> that might even be evil are kind of trying to figure figure us out. Like, what the hell is wrong with these mofos? And mm. people don't really think of it that way. It, it's this constant concept of humans are special in some way, and so everything that's happening here is terrible. And yeah, it's making it's making our journey in the in the school part of the whole thing a lot more difficult. Being herded and forced to take vaccines and forced to um, participate in strange rituals that only serve these people. Right. And they don't have the capacity to empathize with anything. Right. It sounds like a person that has dealt with shitloads of trauma and, well, you know, with the, with the, the nepotism that goes on, shit it seems very human to me does it not like it, when you put someone into like if you if you're raised by narcissists and you're horribly treated like there's a good chance that without nurturing at some point you could turn into a horrible monster possibly you know what i mean and everything's about you and you carry that into politics and and everything else including with you know with the addition of the occult my goodness you know what i mean yeah, I, I think that that's true. And I, I do agree with you there. And I also think that 
it's their it's their makeup to be this way. People say they're reptilians and all this kind of stuff. Well, we don't necessarily know that to be true. We actually don't know if it's just reptilians because then you would have to say that all reptilians are bad, which is an overgeneralization. And that, quite frankly, doesn't make any sense. Like, why would only rep reptilians completely despise the human race? It's that something else is happening and something must be inherently in the genetic makeup of these beings that are responsible for this, where they're very jealous and afraid of human beings. And so that's where the need to control comes from. Mm, yeah, I do agree with those qualities for sure. I, I, I would like to ask you this question. Do sure. you really think it's all about money? No, absolutely. Really, absolutely. How not. could it really be about money? Oh, it hell has no. To be about, <laughs> There's it something has, much more higher order to go going on. Yeah. In, in my, in my research and the way I think about it, I want to say that it has to be putting human beings in a position of disempowerment and victimhood, because that's the easiest way to siphon away the energy and it's all about getting energy mm. versus material things like money and stuff like yeah i think conspiracy theorists who go along the route about you know it's all about money yeah. they're way off target yeah yeah a lot of that turns into those political memes that you talk about it it just becomes like part of the control mechanism get them swept up in bitcoin versus hard cash versus silver versus this guy on the left or the right is doing it's all part of that rat race that they want you to be in and right. it's, and it's so, the opposite of, of what we should be paying attention to yeah and i was just about to say it's that's why it's always an inversion it's completely far away from anything that's going to keep you focused on your own development because that's the last thing that they want because then they if they lose a significant number of uh hosts to feed on Mm. and they aren't consciously in control of that number it drives them crazy and it really does sound like evil at its finest because only a completely evil person would be that obsessed right 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 oh yeah and there's and when i when i bring up how it looks like it could be a natural process a reaction from horrible parenting and stretch that out from generation to generation to generation that doesn't take away from anything, you know, otherworldly, uh, higher order. I'm totally down for all of it. Uh, it's just good to recognize how it all, uh, shows itself and where these traits are mostly, uh, concentrated are in these individuals these sociopathic psychopathic narcissistic those are three really big ones uh it's all about selfishness and it is about that lack of creativity and control that they want it all at the end because it's about gaining their energy that again sounds to me like a human trait but again it really doesn't matter what species or whatever. I mean, when you're on earth or experiencing our humanity, this duality we're in, you're probably going to develop these kinds of traits and behaviors. I mean, it, it's expressed here as it's expressed everywhere, right? So narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, they probably would exist 
in all these different places. It seems to be the conscious reaction to legitimate trauma. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I went a little meta there, but it's a bit, it's, it's, it's quite a bit of what you said. And that's what, through my research, I really have come to understand that this has to be the behavior of non-humans because of the way that the human brain is wired to cultivate empathy versus um, destructive behaviors like that. Right. And when you find like people love to talk a lot of stuff about narcissism and now everybody's a narcissist. And <laughs> while, while it's true that we have seen the real epidemic of narcissism rise throughout the years, a good portion of people who are narcissists know exactly what they're doing. Right. Whereas in psychopathy, it's not that straight of a line. That's true. And Um, There is nothing about the behavior of these entities that allegedly control us that even borders on a human problem like psychopathy, because that still suggests that there was an original format. Mm. You get what I'm saying? There was an original spark of pure consciousness, which was very loving. And by nature, I think, consciousness originates from that frequency of love that frequency of uh creation totally agree which is actually very neutral and there is no universal law of love anywhere love just is right all these people try to come up with this new age crap about the spiritual laws of this and that and all that's (laughs) complete malarkey it doesn't exist right and quite all human made Yeah, quite frankly, that's why people have trouble manifesting because now they've forgotten that, you know, if you want money, it's as simple as going and getting a job. It's not going to drop in your lap. Thank you. It takes, (laughs) you know, it's like, fuck, man, this is why Sophia didn't get to experience the world. She had to bring the Demiurge. The Demiurge had to exist for it to happen. The action has to actually come after the thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, we've and people like to point at Harry Potter and Star Wars and things like that, that have, uh, oh, that's what magic looks like. It's like, well, I get that they've distracted us with that kind of magic because it's more of the hidden hand, the sleight of hand and stuff. That's what real magic is. That's but it's also that you do, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's also that you're doing that shit to yourself, too. You know what I mean? You're constantly playing that sleight of hand on yourself and you're tricking yourself back into old habits and shit like that. And um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, lots of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why there's such a, that's why there's such a huge um, agenda, which is geared around suppressing and siphoning away consciousness. Right. Because it's almost as though they're trying to attack us at the subconscious level. And there's theories, you know, like when you start talking about the Anunnaki and that kind of stuff where they actually made us and they realized they made a mistake. They made us too powerful. And now every attempt is to suppress that. Yeah, we would we would eventually find them and cut their heads off. It's funny you mentioned that, too, because I've recently connected that story of Adapa with 
a more recent conspiracy about um have you heard of what the hell is it uh, operation looking glass where they were able to yeah. peer into the future and all that there's also a i believe it's either amazon or hulu has a show all about this big tech company that basically created looking glass and the show is similar to this ex-military supposedly guy that i've heard talk about looking glass saying that they the big they of course have only seen one outcome and it's their downfall and they're constantly trying to just distract and push off that deadline before everything just bottlenecks and collapses in on them and it, it's it just sounds very similar to what you know you're saying here with like the anunnaki story is very similar to that you know they've made us too powerful only by their own nature too which is interesting in that yeah. story yeah it's 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 a hell of a rabbit hole because you keep going down little rabbit holes here and then it leads you to another rabbit hole over there and you yeah they're all connected we'll be chasing your tail <laughs> yeah and the message is always stop you know it's almost like you have to get the message sometimes but once you have it it's you can look away now yeah so let's actually um let me get back to answering that one question <laughs> sure um, man because i feel like this i'm here to provide as much value as possible and i want to yes, tell people yes. why television is bad i want to tell people why coffee is bad don't worry guys like i had to stop drinking caffeine too like it's not you're not gonna die <laughs> yeah my wife did as well <laughs> she kicked um, it yeah you know television is extremely dangerous and it's it's destructive to cognitive development period and it's it, it's funny because it's like the same beings that we were just talking about they have this ocd thing where they have to tell you what they're doing to you right or Karma. they can't do it it's like it's like they have to operate under natural law in that way where they got to tell you you know we're victimizing you on purpose but it's good for you you like it hold on check right this out. right yeah and so you know they do everything in your power to keep you watching tv and the reason for that is because it essentially suppresses consciousness. And right. I'll tell you how. So let's start by talking about the studies that have shown that children watching TV is a bad idea. 40% of three-month-olds are regular TV watchers. Three months. That's rough. And one-third of all three-year-olds in America have a television in their bedroom. So happening here. the average <laughs> child spends nearly 45 hours a week watching TV and consuming other forms of media via some screen. Mm -hmm. So research shows that this leads to problems learning, problems at school relating to other kids, drug and alcohol issues, tobacco use, obesity, inappropriate sexual behavior. Children are supposed to interact with their environment and the people around them in order to develop a healthy cognitive function. It's important for the brain to do that. Right. And, you know, by the end of grade school, the average child would have witnessed at least 8,000 murders. And in the cartoons and stuff like that, they would have been exposed to just as much inappropriate sexual behavior 
and suggestive themes which affect their psyche on a deep level mm. and you know in kids before the age of three it's the flickering of the tv and the sequencing of the programming so the number of frames that change per second that preconditions the mind to expect extremely high levels of input and that causes the adhd and other attention problems later on in life because reality does not look like what's on the screen right and so um it's that kids who have two hours of tv watching going on a day at the age of three are more likely to have these attention problems at age seven mm -hmm. compared to a child who has no exposure to to any screens at all right and that's exactly why they package up so many different tv shows for kids under the guise of learning look at sesame street so they've been yeah. doing it for a long long time right yeah and i mean for god's sake sesame street was in black and white wasn't it <laughs> oh i don't know if it goes back that far but it might have been yeah because i know my sister's like 47 48 and she was watching sesame street when she grew up Right. Yeah, I'm 30. I'm 38. My, my yeah, I've been watching it. I was watching it when I was three and four. So I mean, yeah. and I knew that kids much older than me were too. So yeah, I, it's been around for a long time doing the same thing. And they've only gotten better at it too. My wife told me something recently that when you watch certain kids shows, or most, um, you'll see that the scene always changes within seven seconds. Mm -hmm. And then I started to observe that like within minutes, it was, I was completely convinced. It was so obvious. And it's just like, Holy shit. And just everything comes clear, you know? Yep. Absolutely, man. And you know, that's why it's crazy because kids need to have that interactive learning to have proper brain development. Right. And that's because of the number of synapses in the brain and a, a child has twice as many as an adult because they're taking in so much information that helps them adapt to the environment that they've been born into and they need to survive. Right. So as a child um, learns to inter interact with its environment, it develops myelin sheaths, which cover the neural pathways. And as those pathways are firing, it strengthens them. But around age six or seven there's an enzyme that is released into the brain that dissolves all of the myelin sheaths which have been poorly developed so if a child is in front of a tv there's no real interaction and they're not developing strong cognitive function so when it comes time to dissolve those things to move into the next phase of development they're completely screwed jesus and so you know can you imagine that you and i who watched just a bit of television growing up we're subject to that as well which means you know as pretty smart individuals imagine how much smarter we could potentially be <laughs> yeah yeah this is it is interesting because i know that some people will listen not not a lot because i mean it's a lot of like-minded folks i would assume listening but at the same time like there's a good amount of people out there that would hear this information and go yeah i'm okay I turned out okay. I, I found out about this stuff and I got on top of it and blah, 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 blah. Uh, it, that, it is, it say... is to a certain degree, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of, it echoes back to everything kind of we've been saying, right? Because it's like uh, contrast 
is um is part of is part of the gig and and um it's almost like overcoming is part of the gig it seems like you know what i mean like we have to, i wonder and i i know this isn't my argument it's it's an old old argument how close to a utopia should we get how close to perfection can the can the human condition really get with because it just maybe this is just my perspective now because we're in such duality i don't know uh it seems like balance is the key right and like working through things maybe we didn't need them in the first place to work through i'm not sure i'm a little torn on this thing because well, okay, if, so if i turned it. out okay that's it. and my son's not going to be perfect and i you know I, i'm going to raise him to my best ability regardless of how many good lessons i give him or what he's receiving versus not receiving is it i don't know i feel like we're still giving our power away a little bit by saying these things have this and i'm not saying they don't you know we can't prove it on a scientific level necessarily i guess i don't know what i'm saying man i feel like on some level we we still have to remember like that this uh this is that information at the same time that like i don't know walks a fine line right because like we have to remember that we can kind of get through way more than what we, I don't know. I, maybe I'm losing the trend here. <laughs> you know, know, it's, it's, it's tough for me to answer a question like this. So let me cycle back to what you said. People will yeah, argue, cool, people will argue for in favor of watching movies and listening to a whole lot of music and stuff like that for right. several reasons. And let's talk about one of those things. It's because when they say that they like it because it makes them feel something on a psychological level, what they're saying, according to, hundreds of thousands of years of agreed psychology mm -hmm. it's that they are insecure in some way within themselves they mm -hmm. cannot and they cannot and have not yet figured out how to generate that level of energy and joy and passion for life inside of themselves without these things for sure and yeah. secondly arguing for the things which enslave us is a natural part of the the mind and that's a subconscious override and noam chomsky calls this an availability heuristic a self-justification right 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 yeah no I, so I i guess as soon as a program fires off and you formed a pattern to uh, uh watching television because you think you love it because you've been told that you're supposed to love it that subconscious override kicks in and then the self-justification index plays out. You start coming up with all these reasons as to why you shouldn't do it. Right. And it, so it, that's why it's a difficult question for me to answer because I'm not here to coerce or persuade anyone of anything. I'm just right, here to right. tell you that when they were telling us as kids, it's going to rot your brain. They weren't joking. And it actually is rotting your brain, even as an adult. Because in the rest of us, we, I just taught, told you what happens to kids, but in the rest of us, the brain cycles through different brainwave states daily. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Mm. You spend seven hours a day in different brainwave states. And so you're cycling through delta, which is deep sleep, theta, which is light sleep, alpha is relaxation and suggestibility, beta is high-functioning activity. And in less than 60 seconds, the brain switches brainwave states when you turn on a TV. Mm -hmm. So you've got that long before you get sucked in. Right. And so 
when you are in an alpha brainwave state, you are more suggestible because you transition out of beta, which is the logical brain state. And the effects of television on the brain have been studied for so many years. And the research literally tells you that you can find it anywhere that the frontal lobe is bypassed within minutes of watching TV, this part of your brain right here. And so the frontal lobe is home to the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for spirituality, morality, willpower, impulse control, future thinking, and analytical thinking. More importantly than that, it's the home of the consciousness. Consciousness is generated in a human vessel in the prefrontal cortex. And that's why there's the third eye, which is a direct pathway to the pineal gland, because that's where consciousness is chilling. <laughs> so how do you get human beings to comply with your sadistic agenda of siphoning away their consciousness? Turn it off completely. And people think that they're thinking just because thoughts are playing out in their head. And there's a lot of this stuff that comes from new age and Buddhist philosophy, which is false, which says that there's a state called no mind. Well, if you're so ignorant to think that you notice that you're in the void, then you're still thinking. So there's no such thing as no thinking. There's no such thing as no mind. There's only consciousness constantly observing. Yep. Observation or no observation. It's one or the other. And so when you think you're watching TV and you're thinking, your mind is automatically doing what it does. The brain is automatically doing all that it can do. But one huge chunk of it, which is responsible for processing stuff, it's like a sieve. That's shut off. So there's a massive hole in that sieve. And everything that the TV is telling you is going in, whether you like it or not. Right? And right. consciousness not only does it love to observe repetitively across so many different spectrums of itself, it loves to reproduce what it's, what it sees. It literally can't do anything but those things. Right. So when TV is suppressing the frontal lobe within 90 seconds, then people tend to get attached to it because it becomes like a drug. And when you're watching a movie, the brain is trying to process 20 or more images rapidly moving every second. And in order to do that, it can't do anything else. So the prefrontal cortex has to be deactivated. There's no two ways about it. That's why when you watch a good movie, let's say you're watching your favorite horror movie and you get lost in it. Mm. That's because your prefrontal cortex is just shut down. Right, right, right. And... Let me just say this last bit because it's really yeah, yeah. important to, to closing this off. It's that there was actually a research project done where 5,000 movie watchers um, were told to watch a short film and 82% of them misinterpreted what they just watched. So because the prefrontal cortex was shut off, they didn't even fully understand what they just saw. So mm. imagine that when you go and you watch your favorite movie and they, all your friends are talking about it, none of you motherfuckers understood what you just watched but by default, mm -hmm. right? And so it's <laughs> trickery at its best. And what's, you know, if you're laughing and you're crying, or even if you disagree with the information on the screen, 
you're still blindly accepting that input into your brain and you cannot override that information. Mm. So just because you disagree with it, it doesn't mean that you're rejecting it. And then it activates other parts of the brain, which are working overtime, like the limbic system, which can't tell the difference between what's real and what's on a screen. And uh, the prefrontal cortex isn't able to logically process any of that. And so it throws you into fight or flight. It's, it's microscopic changes, right. micro levels of change. Right. You know, you could be watching something and your heart begins beating irregularly and you don't notice, you feel fine according to you, your perception of it. So it's affecting your physiology, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know that, we know that um, a lot of this stuff is designed to put us in particular emotional states to then sell us something like oh, on yeah. television, right? <laughs> yeah, like a slap heard around the world. But when you, when you understand that any good hypnotist will tell you that putting someone into a hypnotic trance is essentially overwhelming the system so that it shuts off so that you access the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hypnotists still have to do an induction, which may or may not be even longer than that 90 second interval where the TV can do it fast. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who are honestly convinced that television doesn't affect them. And that's usually the hallmark of brainwashing and hypnotic oh, yeah. manipulation. Oh, yeah. Right. 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 So whatever you see on that screen is what you subconsciously believe, whether it makes sense or not. Right. And you, you never have any choice whether it affects you. And so it, it's tough. It's tough for me. Let me put myself first as a human being, because I still have to, do research. And a lot of that research is having to watch stuff. And a lot of that stuff, I literally just won't watch it. I'll listen. And then if I feel like they're showing something I have to look at, then I'll look at it. And Mm -hmm. you you know, there's no way that you can get away from that. Yeah. Um, That's where I was actually going to go next anyway, because when you think about it, um, we're not really, we're using the words TV or television, but we're talking about more than just the box sitting in a living room traditionally, because I mean, most people get their information from the internet now and that may be more open sourced, but I mean, they corral people there as well, of course. Yeah. Right. So it's not ju- so, I mean, I was just, well, that's just why I mentioned about your screens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause it's, it's just all of them. And uh, I'm curious. Yeah. What, let's go into that because like shit, someone could be watching a documentary and learning this type of information, but at the same time on some level, that documentary is doing its damage, right? Because just like the kids TV show that may be teaching the kid mathematics or, or something of actual value that you and I both would understand is good for them. But yeah, those seven second intervals and this and these frequencies and it's all happening regardless. It's like they're hugging you while they're hitting you or something. It's creepy. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's like getting a hug and then having a knife shoved in your Yeah, back. it's that mafia thing. Oh, oh yeah, and, I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah. And so it's you have to balance is not the right word for it. You have mm-hmm. to be willing to change in such a way that you do limit your exposure to the screens yeah. for whatever business purposes you have and for whatever 
creative purposes you have like me if i'm recording a song i'm going to be stuck in front of a screen for a long long time right <laughs> yeah so i've got to give myself short um bursts of work and then get up and go do something else to make sure that i stay grounded and stay balanced because that's that's the problem with it it's when you it's when you are living in a way that you are a consumer and not a creator yeah that you're damaging yourself Every person needs to free themselves so that they're not feeding these creeps that try to rule us mm -hmm. and create instead. Try to put, if you must, put the element of service to others in that. By creating, you're actually, even if nobody hears a song that you, you record or something or sees a painting that you make or some digital piece of art or whatever it is, do it anyway because that strengthens all consciousness on the planet. But if Hell you're yeah, just yeah. you, you're just running away from your shitty life and you <laughs> want to watch seven hours of TV a day, well, then you got a lot of soul searching to do because you really don't value that piece of consciousness you that you've been given. Mm. And so my question to that is always why? Because you're compliant then with all of the suffering that happens in the world because you're feeding that system and you're saying it's okay that people are herded and hurt on a human farm. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's like, and on an individual level, people can live with all this suppression and not understand what, what's being done to them. And they can be very successful uh, and they can be on their deathbed and smile with their family and say, I've lived a, a good life. I think it's hard to really say statistically or, you know, other than anecdotally, but I would say that along some line, they're just not seeing the damage that the system that they were a part of, you know, you don't it's see like the picture you, when you're in the frame. Right. I mean, you can, you can easily live a normal life. We know plenty of people out there that are, think that we're all crazy when we talk about conspiracies and have successful businesses probably haven't even been affected by the pandemic in one way or the other, just are living this like, and probably talking about manifestation in some cases, because they're into that, that new age, that hipness, they, they got it. And they're manifesting more money on the stock market and shit like that. And they will get through this very dense physical existence we have with a smile on their face, perhaps. But I don't know. What would you say to that? That perhaps the, uh, the damage is still there. The, it's just not, um, on a personal level or, you know, I just like to frame things like that. Like how do we look at all these very different experiences and try to understand this universality that we, that we love talking about? You know, you have to take everything into consideration and you have to also take into consideration that when it comes to money, it's not real, it's black magic. And for the people who are running businesses and having a great time, you know you're playing by the rules so yeah you're gonna have a great time <laughs> if, right, you're, right. if you're if you're like us and you're not really playing by the rules you're gonna have a little bit more difficulty because you don't want to play the game and what you're saying is that your gravitation towards the thing you need to do to get money is basically rooted in fear i'm not trying to sell anybody anything oh of course not no, no. right and and neither are you and there's all the people out there who are really, truly interested in doing this work, who see that the reason why we are where we are in the world right now is because of these compartmentalized attacks on humankind. 
you know, we, we know that it's the unpopular opinion and we know that there's no riches or fame really involved in it. Mm. And so if there was anything to gain by it, we wouldn't be saying it. And so right. if, you, if, if you can't really ponder that and realize, oh yeah, these guys are really risking it all within the system to say stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to think about that. Well, then continue going along about your boring life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, There's so much stuff to learn on this planet that you're never going to figure it all out. Right. Yeah. And, it's like, to what degree do we have to be awake? And you know what I mean? And I guess it's on an individual basis, right? Yeah. And if you're living in a psyop and you're and you're happy with it, then... <laughs> But I, I always go back to, I think God's the one running the ultimate psyop. <laughs> it's for, I guess that kind of sound, that might sound weird, but it's like, it's all kind of a psyop because the illusion is here, but it's, I don't know. Is it for our enjoyment? Is it for our learning? It's here for a reason. It's all part of this cycle, right? You know, I love that. I love that thing from the Bible where Jesus says, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was telling us that they were under mind control. He was telling us about the club of Rome. He was telling us that all those people were under their spell. And, you know, he agreed to his own betrayal. He agreed Mm. to all of it because he knew there was nothing that he could do in the way of saying all the things he was saying and not face persecution because of the mind control. And so it's nothing that's unique to this moment in time. It's just that at a time where more people are willing to wake up and more people can see that there's something going on, we need more voices who can spread this information and say, look, we're literally being told how we should live our lives and we are complacent and complicit. Mm, Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's the baseline right there that that message is carrying. And I think uh, it's just we're witnessing a natural progression, wouldn't you say, where consciousness is just becoming more and more conscious. That would be a typical evolutionary stage, too. If if you buy into evolution, whatever, I think evolution is uh, something that is possibly, you know, has a psyop within it. But the idea of what evolution really means is is what what's really going on. We're consciousness is pushing forward it's getting more and more aware of itself perhaps well you see that's that's the name of the game and if you're well versed in history and science then you understand that well if you're honest you understand that darwinism is a psyop right right. that's precisely why we're taking to government indoctrination camps called schools to tell us this garbage and mm-hmm. prime us for this mediocre life where our subconscious mind is playing out the programs of everybody else, except for what we actually want. Right. And none of us come to this planet to sit around and watch TV and drink beer and, <laughs> and poison ourselves. What's happening is that the, all the things that are really bad for the human vessel are always packaged up as being fun and scientific and safe and effective. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets us because we want to believe that somebody's actually there to lead us. And when in reality, every individual is responsible 100% for themselves. And most people don't want to do that. Right. And when, when they say that they're having a good time, well, it's the TV that told you that. The TV <laughs> told you you're having a good time, right? <laughs> and and the internet. 
<laughs> yeah, or the internet told you you're having a good time. Yeah. And what's important to focus on, though, in all seriousness, is that when you're well-versed in history, you come to understand that the reason why Egypt fell, the reason why Atlantis and Lemuria and those civilizations fell, and it's a repetitive cycle, is because it continues to go along with these beings suppress us, and then we wake up to it, and then usually it's too late. And we go through all of these same transition phases where there's a huge amount of drinking and drugging and partying and weird sexual behavior and weird gender confusion. And then eventually the Jenga pile topples and it starts all over again. Hmm. And where we are at now, we still have a chance to stop it from having a reset. So God, if there is a God... If, it's, if, the, if there is a conscious fragment of consciousness which contains all of us mm. somewhere, that motherfucker's out there shaking his head like, again? <laughs> like, because could you imagine creating something and every time, let's say you were building a building and you got better at building these buildings every time you did it but they kept falling and you can't figure out what the one mistake it is that you're making is that every time you get closer and closer to it, it resets. Mm, I like that. That's a, that's an interest. That's a very psychedelic metaphor, uh, actually. Well, very the, cool. see, I'm glad you said that it's a psychedelic metaphor because that's the quality of information that you're subject to. When you turn off the screens and you go within and you actually meditate to silence, not a guided meditation. Yes. That's and the best. Go in darkness, go in your closet. Exactly. And you, you begin to realize that this God source is talking to you and it's trying to tell you, this is who you are. Here's what you're meant to do. You know, use your creativity and do something with that because the other people don't get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I really do believe that that source is talking to us at all times. A lot of this stuff that I'm talking about has come from me just sitting around with my eyes closed and saying, okay, I need to go and look this up because I'm getting this intuitive feeling that I need to look into this thing or that thing and find out what to do. And I'm also not sitting here blindly talking this stuff in a, a conspiracy way. I, no. like, I like to call it unspeakable truths. And it's because I see, I deal with people's pain points. And so when people are coming to me with things lower down on the spectrum like relationship problems and then it goes higher up into things like child abuse or physical abuse within their marriage or something or they've been victims of human trafficking or mm -hmm. something like that i have to take that seriously oh yeah absolutely i can't just sit around and say oh well you know i got enough money and food on the table fuck them i can't be like <laughs> that right no no that's right? and i think we we've come full circle <laughs> because we started talking about all the problems with the the you know the standard mainstream psychiatric uh realm and that's that's again the problem you know people um, and of course there's plenty of good psychiatrists out there there's plenty, plenty of good well-intentioned people that are sucked into this system just like people get sucked into the tv but the mentality behind Every one of these kinds of kind of uh, careers 
in this system is automatically going to dehumanize. It's just in the mechanism itself. Well, instead of me going off on a tirade about that, everybody that's listening to this, go to cchr.org, the Citizens Commission for Human Rights. Essentially, some of the world's leading psychiatrists and psychologists have gotten together to expose the industry for what it actually is. There's That's tons great. of documentaries. And, and you know, it, if you're going to watch something, you need to watch that first because <laughs> it tells you about how the system was set up by a commission of people to suppress human consciousness in 1936. Wow. We are living in a propaganda system, essentially, sure. right? And deep down, all of us know this. We right. just don't want to admit it. Deep down, the really good psychologists and psychiatrists know this, and they don't want to admit it mm-hmm. because they would lose their jobs. And to that, I say, well, if getting money doing that is more important to you than telling the truth, and you really don't believe in your potential as a human being to make money to feed your kids or yourself in some other way, some shit's wrong with your head. <laughs> yeah the programming <laughs> you are not in critical thinking mode right life is always looking to support you literally that's not a new age thing that's a fact that's a fact it's just man. whether or not you're willing to look for the opportunities to get what you need to actually do the work that provides value to other people hell yeah dude well said man and I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, this has been really great. I think we uh, we come from kind of two close perspectives, you know, a little different. But like, I, I like that. Uh, again, we had some contrast that really worked to uh, to paint this up to be a pretty damn good conversation, man. I really appreciate <laughs> it. So please tell my audience again where they can find you. Well, if they're still interested after me going on a rant like that. Um, oh, it was can, great, man. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Jahan Sator. So let me spell that. J-E-H-A-N-S-A-T-T-A-U-R. I prefer to be found on Instagram. You can reach out to me and we can have a chat and you can listen to uh, anchor.fm slash boundless authenticity. And you can search in Boundless Authenticity Podcast on Spotify to hear me talk to some guests who also provide value and uh, fact on this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Excellent, man. All right. Well, thank you again, man, for joining me, Jahan. It was great to meet you. And everybody listening, watching, thank you again. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, pacifaria. Enough, I get the point. You meddle with the primal forces of nature. (laughs) And you... We are What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know and if someone else knows, okay?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.